My friends, we are going to grow and get better together. This is not about me. This is about us. Welcome to Win Today with Johnny Martin. Welcome back, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Win Today with your man, Johnny Martin. So good to have everybody back with us as usual. And as we get started, special thanks to my co-producers of the show, Dylan Pilon from Cloud9 Marketing Group. What's going on, D? Good to see you again. Always. Thank you very much. Yeah, man. Good to have you here. And from Seven Rose Media, my man, Donnie Cav. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Donnie. Uh, we're going to get right into it today, folks. Uh, hopefully, uh, over the last several episodes, you've kind of gotten a gist of uh, how this thing is going to roll. And in a very short time uh, from now, we are going to start uh, pulling in some guests and having great conversations with folks from all over the country um, to talk about how they go about winning their day in, in all areas of their life and from all walks of life. I'm really excited about that. Today, we're going to discuss a, a notion that I've done a lot of reading on and really worked on uh, for a long time. And to be quite honest with everybody that's listening, I'm still working to try to figure it out. But I want to share some things with you folks today that hopefully uh, will help you think about sort of where you're at in life uh, and where you want to be headed. And, and you'll notice that over the last several episodes, there have been very specific themes around defining your why uh, and your what. Um, and, and real specific strategies as well around um, how you can go about doing that. And so today is going to be no different, but today we're going to talk about the notion of having it all. You know, we've all heard the term many times, uh, whether we're talking about it um, at work, in families, how much money we make, this notion of having it all. And I, and I have to be uh, very honest, I, I have no idea personally uh, what that means because Oftentimes when you read about having it all, you read a lot about this work-life balance. And that's where I really get stuck because I really don't understand the notion of work-life balance. There's only life, folks. We only have one. There's no rewind button in it. We can't turn back the clock and change anything we did yesterday, a week, a week ago, a minute ago. It's all behind us. So this notion of having it all as it relates to work-life balance, I just can't wrap my head around. I don't know if any of you are listening uh, can relate to that, but to me, there's only life, okay? The problem with the, the world that we live in, especially those of us that live here in the States, is that if we're of the age, of, of work age, that work becomes, for many of us, all-encompassing. It starts to define every area and aspect of our life. And so I really struggle with this notion of work-life balance because to me, work and life should not be synonymous. There's only life. And so we have to start to figure out how we are going to define what that life looks like for us. We have to start to think about what having it all means for us. So when we talk about this work-life balance, I think the reason for that is that many of us live to work and you you can read about this anywhere the difference between living to work and working to live uh but many of us find no joy whatsoever outside of our work because we're consumed by our work whether you are a police officer whether you're a firefighter a surgeon a teacher an accountant whatever you do in life whether you work for corporate america you're in entertainment wherever you're chasing your dreams 
hopefully uh, a lot of those started because you had a passion in this particular work. But I think there's a reason we lose that passion is because we are consumed by the work. And when I talk about consumption and being consumed by the work, that would be great if you were being consumed by something that you were and continue to be still passionate about. The problem with this, at least what I've found uh, in my life, in the lives of people that I've had the pleasure of working with uh, over all walks of life over the last 20 years, is that a lot of people lose their joy because they become consumed by their work. It affects every area of their life. How many of you listening right now have heard your friends, your neighbors, your family talk about, well, it's just work, work, work. Life is work, work, work. So there can't be any such thing as a work-life balance. And so what, I, what, what I'm working on and what I would encourage all of you to work on, we got to erase that notion of work-life balance from our train of thought. There can't be balance in two things that are not at all similar. Okay? When you were born... You did not have a job and a career. That was the start of your life. So this notion that there can be this balance between work and life, I personally think, those of you listening may disagree, but I personally think it's not possible. It's not at all possible. So what we're going to talk about today is this notion of having it all. And I did some great reading as I was preparing for this episode. I had a chance to talk to a lot of different people before I started to record about this notion of having it all. And I want to share some of what I read and some of what they shared. Before we do that, I want you to think about your own lives, your own upbringing, your own family situation, your current occupation, and think about how all of those things have shaped the life that you're living now. Are you spending the majority of your time, attention, energy, on your occupation, on your work, on your career? And do you feel like the other things that would define what having it all meant to you are falling short because you feel like you are completely wrapped up in your work? And I know what a lot of you are probably thinking right now. You're thinking, well, I have no choice. I have, this is what I have to do. I've been in this job five years, 10 years, 15 years, and I have no choice but to continue to do what I do. If that's the mindset you stay stuck in, the chances of you being able to move and grow from what you currently do are very low. We accept, we have begun to accept what society says having it all means. And we accept other people's version of what having it all means. Donnie and Dylan, I'm sure you can look at your own life experience or relationship you have or other people that you've looked at and been envious of what you perceived their life to be, whether it was their work, their family, their marriage, their siblings, how beautiful their house was, what kind of cars they drove. And from the outside looking in, we go, man, it must be nice. They have it all. They seem to have it all. And I can't even begin to tell you how many families and students I've worked with in my line of work. Um, and I'll share one story with you in particular when we talk about what having it all really means. I worked with a, a young lady several years ago. She was an adolescent. 
And she came from that family that had it all. Intact family, husband and wife appeared to be happily married, lived in one of the biggest houses in town, both drove six-figure cars, they had the beach house, they had beautiful clothes, they were very well kept, they were polite, they were respectful, they had it all. In the eyes of those watching in a small town, they were the it couple. They were the topic of conversation. Man, they figured it out. And that young girl and I worked together a lot. And part of the reason that we worked together a lot, especially as she got a little bit older, is because she was struggling really, really badly with an addiction to heroin. And when I met with the mother and father and we began to discuss the disease that was taking their young, beautiful daughter from them, the father said something to me that I'll never forget. He said, literally said, so much for having it all. Not quite the perfect picture, is it? And he didn't say it because he was concerned about his reputation being tarnished. He didn't say it because he was embarrassed. He said it because in that moment, I believe there was a very, very real reflection for him. And the reflection was, holy shit. I have spent my entire adult life building what I thought was best for my family. I've worked my ass off to create a material life for my family that was second to none. We have a beautiful home. We have a housekeeper. We have a beach house. We travel extensively throughout the year. My kids can attend any school that they want to attend. Life is truly at their fingertips. But for this young girl and her family, they couldn't escape what is very, very real for a lot of families in this country. And so that guy and his wife in that moment, they got real, real humble, and they got humble real fast. And he looked at me again, and he said, so much for having it all. I guess the picture isn't so perfect. So I share that with all of you that are listening because you have to start to figure out what having it all really means for you. And you have to stop accepting what other people's version or what society's version of having it all means. There are so many problems with this notion of having it all. The question that matters is, what does having it all mean to you? So I think another way to look at it is, Instead of what is having it all, I think another way to look at that is what's enough? If you're really trying to find that balance, and remember, I didn't say work-life balance because, again, in my opinion, they're two completely separate things. We get to do this thing called life one time. We get to do it once. And I'm going to share an interesting, interesting book and author that I was doing that as I was doing some research for this show really put things in perspective for me. Um, and it's something that I've been thinking about since I've started doing the research and reading for this particular episode. But another way to look at what is having it all mean is what's enough? What's enough work? 
do you get to a point in your workday where you've completely shut down? So you're there physically. Or for the students that are listening, you're there physically, but you, you've been checked out mentally for a long time. So what's enough work to create that life that you want? What's enough fitness and exercise? What's enough in relationships? We can only keep so many people on our team. We can only keep so many people in our circle. So what's enough? What's enough faith and spirituality? What's enough leisure time? Start to think about the things in your life that are non-negotiables. When I talk with athletes, I have a great pleasure of working with athletes at every level, high school, college, professional level. I was working with a young man who will be a guest on our show soon, and he's a catcher uh, in a major league baseball organization. And we do some mindfulness work and some mental toughness work in his offseason such a pleasure for me to be able to work with him. And we worked a lot around this notion of the non-negotiables. He was really having a hard time with this notion of, well, my ultimate goal is to be the very best I can be at what I do. Nothing else right now is important. And so as a result of that, he broke up with his girlfriend. Uh, some of his college buddies and high school buddies started to drift from him a little bit. And he was really having a hard time with that because he was trying to juggle, well, my journey is different than their journey. Essentially, how can I expect them, and this is what I shared with him, I said, how can you expect them to share your vision if they don't have your goals? Their goals are different, so their vision's going to be different. It's that simple. Don't apologize for what you want out of this life but don't complain that you're not getting all the other shit you want too. You can't have it both ways. And that's this notion that there is no balance between work and life because they're two separate things. So one of the things that we created, he and I, was this list of non-negotiables. And at the top of that list for him currently, and these things are fluid, they change. But one of the things that was at the top of the list for him was his career. That was number one. It doesn't matter whether or not I agree with that because my job in working with him is to validate where he's at and to give him some perspective on how to find that uh, sort of middle ground between absolutely maximizing his abilities to make it to the dance as a professional baseball player because currently he's signed to a minor league roster and his goal is to play in the major leagues. So we wrote down a list of the non-negotiables and I told him, for one week, for one week, if anything that comes up in your professional, personal, spiritual life that interferes with the non-negotiables first, you can't do it. You have to get better at saying no. Because you're making a lot of promises to people that in your head and heart you have no intention of keeping because the non-negotiables are way too important to you. So let's quantify those. He made the list of the non-negotiables, and for one week, every time something came up that was not on that list of non-negotiables, he respectfully declined. We got together after a week. We sat down. I said, how'd it go? And he immediately looked at me and felt so relieved and uplifted. He said, I've had the most honest conversations 
with the people I care about the most than I've ever had in my life. I got real with them. I got honest and I said, guys, I'm really working on some things in my life. There are some things that I've created that are non-negotiables and right now these things just can't happen. I love you. I care about you. I want to be involved with your lives. But right now there are other things that are, are more important to me first. Because I think people appreciate that transparency and that honesty. So instead of looking at what does having it all mean to you, what's enough? And one of the things I would suggest is create that list for yourself of non-negotiables. What are the things that are just, they have to get done? And then take it one step further and figure out at what level. And stick to that for a day. Stick to it for three days. Stick to it for a work week and then reevaluate. None of this, folks, none of it is set in stone. You're not bound by any of this. You're only bound by what you create for yourself. But we have to constantly reevaluate, reassess, and take a look at what's working for us to create that life that you want. And then we have to remove the stuff that doesn't fit in. I was reading something that hit me like a ton of bricks when I was researching for this, for those of you that are listening. And it was written by a nurse, a career nurse. And her name is Bonnie Ware, but she wrote a book. And I haven't read the whole book. I'd be dishonest if I said I I read the entire book. But I did read some excerpts from the book as I was preparing for uh, this episode. And one of the things I'd really like to do, and it's going to be a difficult thing to find, is I want to talk to somebody who's lived what they consider to be a full life, but they are at the end of their road. They're sick and they're dying. Well, this nurse did just that. She wrote a book called Top Five Regrets of the Dying. So throughout her work as a nurse, towards the end of her career, as she was working with terminal patients, she sat with them and she was honest with them and she said she was putting a book together because she wanted to help people reframe what was important in their life. And again, she titled that book The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. The number one source of sadness as people were nearing death, the number one source of sadness and regret was, I wish I didn't work so damn much. I want you guys to sit in that for a minute because those women and men that that nurse interviewed, those people are us. It's me. It's Dylan, it's Donnie, and it's all of you that are listening right now. You are the ones that that nurse interviewed. And the biggest source of sadness across the board and regret was, I wish I didn't work so damn much. I think this is a book, at least based on the excerpts that I've read, that corporate leaders and business owners And corporate workers and all workers who feel like right now in this moment they're investing everything they have at the expense of their family, their relationships, their loved ones, their leisure time, their spirituality, their fitness. Everything is being compromised because they're working too damn much. This is not a call to any of you to get lazy. It's just the opposite of that. It's a call to all of you to get smart, to think about 
how you want to create that having it all. Because my definition of having it all is going to be very different than yours. And my goal in this, folks, in each and every episode is not to tell you how you're supposed to be living your life. I don't want anybody taking my inventory and I don't intend to take anybody else's. But I want to try to give you some things that have helped me and the people that I've worked with along the way reframe this journey of ours because, man, are we so blessed to be able to live it. But eventually that comes to an end. What's interesting about this is, and, you know, this is not going to be a surprise to anybody listening, but I read some, uh, I read some research on um, employees in the United States. And overworked employees, and this will not surprise anybody, but employees that are overworked by their bosses, their corporations, uh, their leadership structure, they're less productive, they're more prone to burnout, and they're less likely to be loyal to the organization. And in a time where loyalty is all but lost, um, these people that are overworked present all of those problems. They're less productive, they're more prone to burnout, and they're less likely to be loyal to their organization. Additionally, this research has also showed that the most satisfied, but not just the most satisfied, the most productive employees are employees that have a life outside of work. They've created this life for themselves outside of work. Most of you guys have heard of Whole Foods. This was the organization that that stuck out to me the most because I think they've got it figured out or at least more than most, Whole Foods. Their corporate structure is set up in a way that they don't have one chief operating officer or one chief financial officer. They are led by a management team of seven who essentially all have the same roles and responsibilities. Seven people lead the organization, and that's so that, that's by design. That's intentional so that all of them can get time away from work. And here's the kicker. Their method works. For the last 10 years, Whole Foods has shown consistent and steady growth fiscally and among the best retention rates of all corporations across the country. They consistently rank in the top 100 companies to work for in the entire United States. So I think they figured out what having it all really means as we wrap today a few things that i want you to think about in closing if you have a chance pick up that book top five regrets of the dying by nurse bonnie Ware, w-a-r-e is how you spell her last name and really start to think about what having it all really means to you and maybe the way to reframe it is what's enough what's enough work what's enough fitness and exercise what's enough faith and spirituality and eliminate this notion that there is such thing and there will ever be such thing as work life balance because there's just life folks as always i'm so grateful for your uh attention hopefully you're getting something from these episodes that is helping you reframe your perspective on this wonderful yet crazy journey we call life please take the time to like and comment as you see fit I'm so grateful for for all of you that pay attention and listen regularly. Be good to those you love. Let them know you love them. It's your boy, Johnny Martin, signing off. Win today.
Thank you to Seven Roads Media and Cloud9 Marketing Group for co-producing the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever platform you're on. Without you, I cannot continue to do what I love. You can follow me personally on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Real John C. Martin. I'd love to hear from you, so please reach out with comments and questions after each episode. Your comments push me to get better every day. As always, thank you for your continued support, and don't forget, win today. <laughs>